We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Slicing, big problem with lots of golfers. If you stand on a lesson tee as long as I have, you do tend to just get into the rhythm of watching a slicer come over and over again. Sometimes I get someone who hooks the ball come in and I have to like shake my head and rethink it. Um, it's definitely a common problem amongst golfers, isn't it, guys? Absolutely, mate. I think this is this is my first lesson I ever had in golf when I was a little junior kid, about 12 years old was fixing that. Was it? It Excellent. was the very first thing the coach got me. So uh, interesting to chat about that today. And you've had a strong grip ever since. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. Straight out of the gate. Uh, Lou, slicing, um, you hook, don't you? You don't like the left side, do you? You think things up the left are wrong, don't you? I do both. I can slice it with the best of them and I can hook it off the planet. Um, gifted, gifted. Yeah, it is gifted, it is, <laughs> but it's gotten better. It's gotten better. But my my miss tends to often be a uh, a block right. Yeah, not a yeah. slice. So if yeah, we define a, a slice. slice for people, so you've got a slice that could start straight and then curve off to the right. So you're seeing curvature right. in the air. You've got slices yeah. that start up the left and then curve and could curve to target. You could slice it to target or over curve off to the right as a right-handed golfer, both all these ones are. Um, and then you've got shots that could start right and slice to the right, basically curving from left to right in the air. More than some, otherwise it's a more fade. More than some, yeah. So as yeah, a, and then you have some where... a fade, but if it's more than some, it's a slice. Does that make any mm. sense? Like Because when it... does a fade become a slice i don't know what the exact yardage would be but i don't, I don't know either and then you then you have some that can swing seven degrees into out and then leave the club face exactly seven degrees open and and just bomb it straight as an arrow a mile right <laughs> yeah that's a different <laughs> pod that's a block yeah so, so i'm trying to fix all my spot. ailments yeah, here yeah. so we're gonna just talk about some of the common problems that we see with people who slice and if you're someone who's struggling with the slice i just want to put this out there to start i used to love people coming to my lesson to you struggle with the slice because they were so easy to fix they were so easy to fix because quite often they were just going about fixing it the wrong way. Um, so if you are struggling with your slice, if you get a good lesson, honestly, you can beat it. Um, try not to get lost down the YouTube and Instagram and all that kind of tips hole a little bit. Get a one-to-one -one lesson and then watch your tips on top of that maybe. 
So let's kick it off. One of the main reasons I see for people struggling to stop curvature left to right in the air, right-handed golfer, is poor grips, poor holding of the club. Often a weak grip. I see it in strong grips as well, but just grips that allow the golfer to have limited control of the club face. If you've got limited control of the club face, then you're probably going to suffer from a bit of curvature in your pro-am kind of comps. Uh, Greg, I'm sure you see plenty of slices and I'm sure you see plenty of funny golf grips, don't you? Yes. So actually, I played a pro-am this week. I'm in Puerto Rico with four gentlemen off 20 to 25. Nice. And not one of them, not one of them moved the ball right to left. No. All of them missed right all day. Yeah. Um, and all of them had weak grips. Really? Um, Both hands? Yeah. So, so left top hand and bottom hand? Mainly top hand. Yeah. Bottom hand was, some of them had, two of them had an okay bottom hand. Um, it was, it's really fascinating, Mark. And I know you would have seen this through years of teaching. It's, it's a, it's almost like you respond to the fact that the club face is open, so they swing left as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Otherwise, you, you won't yeah, be functional. Such, you've got to you've right. got to try and make it functional. So, yes, yeah, so you, your body's needs and desires to try and, you know, hit this thing online with a really weak grip, you can't, you know, get that face square, so the face is going to be open, so now you have to swing way left to get something online, yeah. right, or close to your target. Yeah. Um, that's the pattern that these guys had. Um I remember my first ever lesson, I, my coach straight away, he just said, I'm changing your grip, and he put me in a three-and-a-half knuckle top hand that oh, I could yeah. see. Yeah. And immediately I started to – they were starting for me um, – the equivalent for right hand would be left of target and turning left. Yeah. So immediately I started fixing my path. Immediately I started over the next few months starting to swing on the inside corner a little bit because I had this stronger grip that squared the face up, and I was a, became a drawer within months within a few mm. months, and I've been that all my life. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely the, the grip piece to it is just massive, and it's it's just amazing to watch people not, you know, you have to get that part right. Did, were these guys it's, aware it's, that it's, their grips were weak? Do you know? No, no. Yeah. Pre- predominantly, you know, in Puerto Rico, it's not a big game. I asked them how much they play. They don't play a lot. They barely get out once a month. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel like fixing it because I wasn't sure oh, there'd be any point. Yeah, that'd be worse. That'd <laughs> be worse. Round. You can't. <laughs> yes. That's one of the best. That's. I mean, that's a really good tip in itself there from Greg. So many people, um, when you teach, again, for a long time, you see a weak grip and the last thing you want to do is fix it because to fix the grip, you then have to fix at least one other thing, otherwise they will hit the ball worse because – they're kind right. of matching things up as best as they, they can to that weak grip. So mm. you take that weak grip away with their movement pattern, they'll be worse. They're just going to be worse. So I used to yeah. say to golfers, we're going to change your grip, but we're going to have to do this as well. Often it was a change of a release pattern, a wrist angle as they move, which is something we'll come to further on in the pod. Um, otherwise, they literally would be worse. And these people will come to me saying, oh, I've watched these videos or like my mate told me my grip's weak and I change it and I it, I just can't hit it that way. No, I'm not surprised. I, I'm, you know, right. I'm not surprised you can't hit it that way. You know you know what I did, Mark? I steered him towards the uh, beer trailer because it was like three beer trailers <laughs> yeah, within six exactly. holes. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. And they had a great day. That's, all they that's what they're there for. That's, <laughs> that's what right. they're for. They had a great day. Doors and fades didn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lou? So, Mark, if you had to generalize with all of the students you've taught through the years, are higher handicap players 
more a lot more likely to have a weaker grip or a stronger grip? Uh, and whatever the answer is, why do you why do you think that is the answer? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say it's quite split. Maybe it is more towards weaker. I would put it if I was to bet on if I'd actually collect data on it. Um, I would say they would be more on the weaker side. If you just put your hands listening to this pod now, if you just put your hands out in front of you, you'll tend to just kind of point your two palms, you know, kind of towards the walls on the outside of you your lead hand grip you've got to twist your lead hand over so top hand for me my left hand it's quite an unnatural way to hold it it's a forced position so lots of people just kind of they've got a club in between their hands or going to go in between their hands and they put their hands together almost like a clap if you just without clapping just move your hands together and then just wrap around that generally makes the bottom hand slightly strong and the top hand slightly weak so it's it's you've got to get a bit of twist in your lead hand, which that's the thing that's the most noticeable. When you change people's weak grip, they say, I can't hit it from there. It's too twisted. Well, no, hmm. yours is just very untwisted. Yours is kind of just as it lies. You've got hmm. to start with that twist because we're going to use some of that twist. And then the other thing that they do, which uh, aligns with weak grip, is they put the club right up through the middle of their palm. They don't get it in the base of their fingers. That's one of the other killer moves. And again, the reason for that, uh, if you just if you're at home listening to this pod, if you just imagine, if you stand up and imagine there's a club out in front of you, and just put your lead hand down by the club. Don't even try and get it in a golf position. Just put it down and put it next to your club. The club will naturally line up because of the angle it's set up on the ground up through the middle of your palm. To get it in the right part of your palm, again, you've got to put your hand into a really awkward angle. An angle people just naturally don't put their hand in that position. So I think it's much more to do with people just thinking they can hold it, Lou. I'm just going to pick my club up and hold it. And if you do that, you're generally going to be on the weak side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, people always talk about getting lessons early on in your uh, in your golf career when you start playing. And from you know listening to to you both talk, it seems like if you did nothing else other than go to a teacher and have them show you how to hold the golf club, you would be better off right from the start as opposed to getting yourself into these wacky positions where you're either too weak or you're like me and you're, you know, way, way, way too strong and get somebody to show you how to hold it. And um, because I think sometimes we just don't, you know, we don't realize we're not doing a lot of video. We're not maybe don't even know what to look for as a beginner uh, or as a a mid or higher handicap player. And and we just get ourselves into these awkward positions that are just going to result in compensations that are going to make everything even more awkward and make it tougher to hit the ball. It's a great foundation to start from. Uh, It's one of the things I notice quite noticeably between Europe, and this is a generalization, but I think lots of people who have taught in Europe would probably go along with this. You see quite a difference in Europe than you do in the UK. UK is people go and play golf because a family member takes them or their mates play or whatever. So they just, go and play 
you know, they just grab a club, go and whack and have a laugh and it's fun. And then the ones who want to take it up, they play for like a year or two and they level out quicker than they wanted to or expected to and then they come and have lessons. And you're basically unpicking often lots of the stuff they've done for two years. Where in Europe, you're not allowed on a golf course till you've got a thing called, I think it's called, if it still is, a green card. And you're not, you can't get a green card unless you've had a certain amount of lessons and you've been watched and someone kind of goes around with you and checks that you there's etiquette ideas, you know, preparing pitch marks, diverts, standing in the right place. And what, you, what do you mean? What time out? What, what you 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 have to be certified before you can play on the golf course? Yeah, there's generally at clubs in Europe, and I don't like correct me in the comments. Anyone listening, this is how it used to work: is that you needed a green card to get on the golf course, meaning you had to have had a certain amount of lessons, and that pro would basically be saying, yeah. This person is ready to go. And it just the mentality was very different around golf, it felt, in Europe. My time I've spent in Europe, it's more, if you're going to do golf, you go and do some lessons and then you go and play golf. In the UK, and I reckon it's probably similar in America, it's you're going to play golf. Well, Lou plays golf. I'm going to join him. He said, come and join him. I'm just going to go and play my main Lou and see what happens. And you play a bit and then you start unpicking further down the line. So starting with those good fundamentals at the beginning, I know lots of people listening to this pod. There'll be things they're working on, a ball position change, a back swing change, a grip change, trying to reduce their slice, hopefully, and some of these ideas might help them. They're listening thinking, oh, I wish I did that because I played for three years and got to a certain standard and then I go for a lesson mm-hmm. and my lesson, my teacher says you need to change this. And I think I can't do that. It feels too uncomfortable because you just mm-hmm. grind them in. You grind those yeah. faults in. So. My other favourite one I hear a lot is I wish I started earlier. Yeah, you know, yeah. you see a lot of grown men who didn't start the game because they they didn't think it was cool when they were a kid or whatever, and they're like, "Man, I wish I started earlier." Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And starting early correctly is a pretty good way to get going. Yeah, you know? yeah, getting those lessons early. So your mum or dad who took you for those lessons early on, Greg, you know, it would have paid dividends. You you could have easily got very frustrated with that slice on your own and just. You know, not really gone anywhere, right. but getting those fundamentals right. right at the start that work for you. And obviously, you you were always a talented sports person, I'm sure. But they paid their dividends over time. I think the interesting thing too was it wasn't a ton of lessons. I yeah. might have gone one lesson a year for the first three years, four years of my golf, and yeah. I just played. I played a lot. And once we got the grip right, I just go. You go kind of figure out. Okay, I hit draws. I hit this. You know, hook sometimes, and then I chip and putt and. Or yeah. before you know it, you're down to a handicap that's you know decent. You might need a little more help after that. So yeah. those lessons were pretty much right away for you at the very beginning. Straight out of the gate, yeah. Like straight out of much, the gate. Yep. Yep. Straight yep. out of the. So there's the lesson here: is straight out of the gate, and eventually you'll be the number two Greg in the world. And yeah, number like, three. That's Never a direct take path, off, Greg. That'd be number. We're three. not counting this Gregorio dude. Never even heard of him. Are you number <laughs> one now? Who, is that what we're saying? Number two. We're no. We're not counting this guy from Italy or something. No, no. Like, Gregory right. is not Greg. Gregory is Greg. No, yeah. no, not counting that dude. No, no. I agree. Definitely number. I'm not. I'm slotted at number two. Comfortable. But I'm on the uptick this week in Puerto Rico. You yeah. look out. Watch closely. Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> you think if you'd have gotten you think if you'd have gotten two lessons a year um, yeah. at the Easy beginning, Lou. you'd be Easy number one Greg Lou. in the number world. One this pod's fun when five we pick on Lou or five Mark. Five it's not fun when we pick on Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not picking on you. Yeah. Just, uh, try, I'm trying to learn. We just yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That could have got me over the edge for sure. No yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> um so definitely starting at your golf grip is a great place to start when it comes to trying to get that control of that curvature, certainly off to the right and to the left, to be fair. It works both ways. Um, people who tend to slice the ball, Lou, what do we see in the numbers? Do we see 
lesser skilled golfers tending to... Now, this will sound quite confusing to some people probably listening. Do we see lesser golfers missing more on one side of the course? So as in if you're a higher handicapper, you're a you know less skilled golfer, you tend to miss more on one side of the course. I know that's confusing and hopefully Lou will put some context on that. Yeah, that's exactly what we see. And we'll talk about tee shots now with the driver. Yeah. So the the better driver you are, the more likely that your misses will be 50% left and 50% right. So you'll be really close to 50-50 miss. And the worse you are, you'll start to see way more of your misses on one side. Um, and it, when you look at higher mid to higher handicap players, and, I, and I'm talking about right-handed players, uh, they are going to typically miss a lot more to the right-hand side, and and it's because you know the, the this this um, podcast is about slicing the golf ball, and a lot of mid and high handicap players slice the golf ball. Yeah, and when you slice the golf ball, where does it go? It goes right, and and so you know we you see that in the data. I, I put something out there about this with the Arcos data and. It was. I don't have it in front of me, but it was a. It was a pretty significant di- difference as you started to look at, you know, fifteen handicaps and above. Yeah. With how often they're missing right, and again, uh, only looking at right-handed players here. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it did. Did I did did that make sense? Did I explain yeah, it did. The way I, that I think it's sense? Count, okay. yeah. I think it's counterintuitive because the telly will have us believe that good players have you know they can cancel one side of the course out. Are you trying to tell me what I've heard on the telly might not be correct? <laughs> You know, Stop everything, it, everything, you know, this may be shocking and this might be the most I'm biggest, shocked. Hang biggest on. piece of news. I'm just going to text the TV. Gotta, wait, I, I was hoping you had a sound bite for that. But yeah, um, not everything <laughs> here on golf broadcasts is true. I'm not picking on them. Hang I don't think I can do their job. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, what? No, just like telling not, me Santa don't exist. Um, Santa, Santa does don't not you dare. exist. Don't you dare. <laughs> Something to learn. Uh, <laughs> you but that is counterintuitive. People listening who don't follow Lou because he has put stuff out about this quite a lot. When I think it's a really interesting point I said to lots of students um, that the, the higher handicap or the less skilled golfer you are, you're going to have more of a one-sided miss. You're going to miss more on a regimented side. And I'm sure there's plenty of outliers in that data, Lou. There will be high handicappers who do miss both sides as well, I'm sure. But the pattern is more that they miss one side. And the better players that you see, and certainly if you move on to tour players, you tend to see more of an even miss. And that would be coming... Let's just put it into these examples. And I'm sure, I know you haven't got the numbers on this. If we take someone like... Colin Montgomery, a renowned fader of the golf ball, really not ever hitting a draw. You're telling me if we looked at his data, which we probably can't because he's quite early on in his, you know, his career is probably not coming over into shot link era so much. Um, we're probably going to see a, a 50-50-ish miss with someone who's hitting one, one shape every time. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is that what you're yeah, telling you, me? You, yeah, very likely you would have. You know, you look at somebody like DJ um, yeah. uh, or 
on the PGA Tour, um, you look at the best drivers of the golf ball, and they tend to have more of a 50-50 miss. But DJ's um, cancelled the left side out. They tell me that, or they used no, to tell me he, out. No, he really hasn't. But No, you're wrong. I can't, that's, Lou's wrong because the you telly. You might want to mute the TV. D- <laughs> you might want to click mute. I, don't, I believe the tour pros, Greg. Tell me it's not right, Greg. Tell me. Come on, tour pros know best. There's oh, yeah. no way that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so I've I've taken out every side of the golf course. I don't know about the right side or the left side. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, look, there's some uh, hyperbole when, you know, I give the commentators a break. I've done it myself. It's it's a lot easier sitting on your couch, so I'll put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> it's, to make stuff it's up. It's tricky. Because <laughs> no one hears it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, it's... this is all getting really awkward now, isn't it? Yeah, it's you been really awkward. squirming yeah. like I've never seen you squirm before. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not getting a good commentary gig, so I'm good. I think that, and this is a realistic question. I'm going to bring us back to reality here. I I think there might be some, and this is where I want Greg to chime in. I think there might be some nuance on this. So, you know, statistically, mathematically, I can tell you what looks optimal, 50-50 miss. But I've been told by some high-level players that they don't necessarily... Uh, they agree with the numbers, but they they but they think of it a little bit differently. And I, I don't know, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, Greg, but how do you, as a tour pro, as a really good player, how do you, how do you react to that data when you hear it? Do you say, "Oh yeah, I agree with it," or or do you say, "Well, you know, I agree with it, but I think of it this way." It it uh, look, I understand the data, and I, I agree that the numbers align to the best people would be 50-50. I'm good with that. When you're playing, I care, I could care less. Like, because I could, if you wanted me to, miss it in the left rough all day. I guarantee, I, I can go out there tomorrow and I can just hit it 50 yards left all day. And there are some shots where, honestly, I'm happy in left side slash rough sometimes or right side rough, depending on, um, what's in front of me. For example, the 10th hole at the Honda Classic last week, the right rough was extremely difficult, but you could make it happen out of the left rough. You could hit it on the green or left rough, but you had to get re- – there's a lot of trees down the right and they put new trees in that year. And so there was a lot about that particular shot, and this happens multiple times on that particular golf course and most courses we play, where you're, you're thinking, yeah, I want to hit in the fairway, but if I do miss, I want to be over there, not over there. Right versus, you know what I mean? So you're sure. erring, you're picking this wide cone and you're erring one way or the other. It doesn't guarantee success, but that's the concept and idea. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 a stat that, honestly, as a player, I'd be thrilled to hear I was 50-50 because that means I'm probably doing really well as a driver of the golf ball. Um, but with in general terms, I, I wouldn't build a statue to it as a player. I'd... I'd be more concerned if I was massively different one way or the other. Go ahead. Yeah. The the other thing that's really interesting about this is, you know, where people are probably listening and thinking I'm referring to just a simply 50-50 miss with, uh, you know, not being in the fairway. Um, And when you dive a little deeper on this and you just say, all right, I want to find all of the really bad tee shots. So the tee shots where you lose more than a half a stroke per tee shot. Um, and those are really, you know, the, the, those are typically you've hit into a recovery situation. You've hit into a hazard. It's a bad outcome. Even those, you know, DJ, I'm going to use him because it's somebody the announcers talked about for years as eliminating the left side of the golf course. Even DJ, 
he's 50 50 on his horrible tee shots. So even when he right. comes up to holes and, and you don't find too many holes where there's really bad outcomes on both sides. I mean, do they exist? Yes, absolutely. But typically there's, there's more holes that have bailouts on one side than, than, than they don't. And so if DJ had eliminated the left side of the golf course, you would expect to see his really bad shots be skew more to being on the right yeah. than being on the left, yeah, but yeah. they don't, they're kind of 50, 50. And I think some of it too, at your level, Greg is, is um, what also plays into it, I think is target selection. And so, you yes. know, for, for players that are skewing one side to the other, they should be shifting their target, you know, one way or the other to try to overcome that a little bit. Um, and, and that, could be a simple fix even for you know players at you know my level or worse is is getting smarter about the targets that they pick to try to balance out where their shots end up yeah i think the f- yeah there's, there's go on greg yeah i was just going to say there's no question and i'm still doing i'll be doing this 27 years of pro i did it again last week i chose the wrong target on a tee shot and missed my target by 15 20 yards and if i'd have chosen something down the other side um i'd have been fine I mean, Interesting. You know, Why, so what, what happened behind? I'm curious. I, I'm, I, I, I was just trying to hit the, the I'm, like I've got it in my head. I've got a really, I'm, I hit it. It's 11th hole, the three wood off the tee, and I want, it, I want to draw it because I want that to go further. I don't yeah. need to do that. And I pull it a hair and I'm behind a tree. I got to chip out, right? Yeah. And it's like, dude, you don't have to do that. Just aim down the left. And why am I aimed at? I, I don't know. I just, I just didn't pick the right target. I'm trying to hit this perfect damn shot. You don't have to, right? Yeah. See it down, hit a cut. Who cares? Do something that's actually, I'm ranting here a little bit, but it just yeah. it just gets in my head that even at this stage of my career, I'm like, dude, do, do you, a better job. Do you make note of those situations, Greg, as in I did. Uh, and what caused them to make them not happen again? As in, you know, that was a poor decision yes. based and, in and, the and, heat and, of battle um, and you don't want it to happen again on that hole, but you don't want it to happen again in other, other holes. Are yes. you making a note of those situations? Yes, and the biggest thing is I talk to my caddy. Uh, we, like I kind of do a little mini breakdown the following week if we've got to play again like I have to now. And I said, look, here's where I know I went wrong um, and because I did a lot of good things and I ended up um, like the week probably comes down to me missing the cut probably comes down to three shots. I chose the wrong target or I executed poorly. Um, but we, we talk about that. And yeah. we talk about, well, what are we going to do here? And what do we want to do on, on this particular shot? And, and it, it's really hard in real time when you get wrapped into your round and you get rolling. Um, sometimes my mind gets a little busy and I, and I forget. Yeah, 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 and, absolutely. And I'm doing it for a living and I still forget. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just because, so, Golf but anyway. Yes. yes. But, I mean, let's dial that back for the normal listener listening. I think there's so much you can take from what Greg is saying there. Obviously, he's talking about it at his elite level but i used to say this for students who would struggle with their slicing so if you're struggling with your slicing you're trying to fix it you've changed your grip and you're getting some results but you're still going to have your old patterns in there for a certain amount of time and i would say to them like let's you know you come for your lesson with me and we're going to work on reducing that curvature Um, and look we can get it reduced but if you go and play tomorrow and that curvature comes back Use some of these ideas, but like, don't just if you're on the four four and you've just it's not working, just shift that target further up the other side and play that shape until you get back off the course and you can work on it because you've got to get around the course. 
So and and having the 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 either the prep before you play to learn what pattern is coming out on that day, or I'm working on reducing my curvature, but I'm hitting balls on the range and it's not reducing. So I'm not just going to aim down the middle of every fairway thinking I'm going to hit a straight shot. I should aim up the left for my curvature today because, yeah, I'm trying to fix it, but I haven't fixed it yet. So just learning those patterns, like what Greg's saying there, he got into a pattern of maybe trying to hit a shot that he shouldn't have, even for everyday golfers struggling with their slices, is a really important message of how you can learn to get round and still enjoy yourself when you are transitioning. Because that's the big thing when you do lessons. You see people, you know, they leave your lesson bay and they're hitting it with less curvature. But as they leave, I don't know if they're going to take that to the course. They, they go, oh, is that me done? Like, am I fixed? I say, well, like, this is a lesson tee. This is no pressure. You've got 50 balls, me telling you after each shot what to do. We assess the data after each shot. And I can tell you, I can stand there and stop you hitting one if your grip slipped. When you get on the golf course, oh, I ain't got a clue what you're going to do. You need to go away and do that, come back and report. Um, yeah. And I used to say to him, you know, if it falls apart, your slice is a bit heavy and yes, you lose some off one way, but you can hit some good shots with it as well. So if you want to enjoy yourself, you might need to play a bit in this transitional period a little bit. So you can learn from those patterns as you go. Um, if we move on to the last point then with slicing, um, poor face awareness is the biggest problem I see with people who struggle with slices. So club face, awareness of where the club mm. face is, as it moves around their body. And the reason I, I hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the reason I say that is I can give good players a really weak grip, so the point one that we've talked about, and they still won't slice it. They'll fix a pattern in their movement. They'll change the wrist angle. They'll change the forearm rotation to make the club face get back to a functional position because they have awareness of where the face should be and where it should feel at different points. So just some a quick question for both of you here. We'll do a quick like little little quiz. First parallel as you move the club back, where should the club face be pointing for you? Should it be pointing toe end up to the sky? Should it be face up to the sky? Should it be face down to the ground? Should it be somewhere in between? Where would be your reference point for your face, uh, Lou? As as the shaft gets uh, parallel first to the ground, parallel on set. the takeaway. Yep. Yeah. My, anyone, my, anyone listening, play this game yeah. in your own mind as well. Yeah. What I'm trying to do, my my uh, the face of my club would match my uh, spine angle. Yeah, so slightly I'm, inclined to the ground. Yeah, yeah slight, slightly pointing down to the ground. Now, what actually happens? Um, yeah, where does it know, get? Does it get there or not? Um, no, it 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 it's um a little open. So it's more um, up to the sky. To, toe oh, up. Yeah, it's more more toe up, but um. I have the skills and ability to overcome the, that that early problem that I really love. I love to say it. <laughs> so skills and ability. And Greg, where would your face be at that point? Yeah, it, it's kind of just a to point a little bit towards the ground, similar to what Lou's saying about yeah. matching my spine angle at that point. Yeah, um, mine would be there. Yeah, that's kind of where it's been most of my professional sort of last 20 odd years absolutely and then top of your backswing where would your club face be now top of your backswing if you could reference it in line or not with any part of your body or the ground where would that club face be is it's up behind your head that's a crapshoot for me man it's it's <laughs> do you not know it varies from swing to swing but where would you want it place. to be um Pointing up. So if we take the club face, if you had a laser shooting out of the club yeah. face forwards, would you want that laser pointing up to the sky? 
Would you want that laser pointing down to the ground? Would you want it pointing parallel with the ground? Where would you want that laser shooting off that face? Um, I, I don't know the answer to this one. Yeah, I'm and that's sure. interesting. And yeah. that I think that's really to not know the answer to that. And you've and that lessons I would it's have the challenge, isn't it? Wouldn't know the answer to that. I think. Well, yeah, that's really interesting because you need to know the answer to that. So. A good reference point for lots of people. If you're a non-athlete, you need to know that. But us yeah. athletes, <laughs> you like to adjust on you the can fly. Just let I'm it reacting. <laughs> you can just let it I'm happen. Re- I just let it happen. It's magic. So if you look down the line, camera down the line, you could have that club face somewhere parallel to your lead arm. So the leading edge of the face would be somewhere parallel to your lead arm is like your standard 2D coaching idea that would get it into a relatively functional position. And if you were going to get it in any way twisted away from that position, you would have it fractionally more pointed up to the sky. Greg, would you? Where would your club face be at the top of your backswing? Do any? Yeah, mine is. I'm actually just looking at it. Yeah, I thought you were. Uh, yeah, because I'm. I'm like, where is mine? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the face matches the the lead, lead wrist basically. Oh, the lead wrist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lead, yeah, lead wrist and the and the face look pretty spot on. Lead arm. Yep. About the same. Yeah, about the same. It's maybe a little more toe down than the arm. Yeah, but you know why that is? The reason yours is a little bit more toe down than the arm is because you start with a slightly stronger grip. So this is the other caveat in all of this. Yours doesn't have to be in that exact position because if you were, you'd hook it. So your face is corresponding to how much twist you've put in your hand at the start. So, for instance, if you were to DJ your wrists. I'd hook that. Oh, my word. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I've I've tried you, that yeah, cuz you know it was all work. the rage and the I'm like, yeah, would be I don't wrong. like this cuz you're starting <laughs> strong and then you're in effect strengthening it even more. It just wouldn't it would be yeah. so it's a double whammy for you basically. Um so yeah. club face above your head when it's up top of your backswing if you look down the line getting it somewhere parallel to your lead arm is relatively functional. Greg's is functional somewhere relative to his lead wrist or lead arm. Um, The amount of people I get to the top of the backswing and I say, twist the club face. So here's a question for you, Lou. You're top of your backswing, okay, and you've gone up to the top of your backswing and you've just paused. And I say, I want you to twist the club face at the top of your backswing. So as you're static, just move it as you're at the top of your backswing in a position where you feel like you would hit a massive hook. Which way would you turn your wrists? Would you turn them more to face your head or would you turn, say, your lead, back of your lead hand? Would you turn it up to I'd the sky? I'd put more flexion, more flexion into my lead wrist. Which would point that wrist where, for people who don't know what flexion is, where would you like, be? Towards the sky. Yeah, like more it, DJ. Yeah, down. Yeah. yeah, more yeah. DJ. Yeah. Correct. So you do have some <laughs> awareness. That the amount of people, and there'll be some listening to this pod, they'll get up there and they, they don't know that. Playing with those ideas is what will heighten your club face control. And back to Greg's point earlier, he he touched on it, and I just wrote down face beats path, basically, when he said this. The amount of golfers over the years of coaching I've taught where I used to try and battle path. Oh, look, they're out to win. Let's try and sort their path out. But it just wouldn't work because the face wasn't working. As soon as 99% of people, if you attack face, their path just falls into place. If they get their club face working in a way what would hook the ball to the left for a right-handed golfer, they tend to swing more from in to out. People who tend to start the ball left and curve it off to the right, they tend to swing more out to in. People just react to the face. So getting people to learn club face control, the best way to do it 
is to get them to, is he sending pictures of his swing again? He sent me a picture of his back swing. Because <laughs> his face used to get uh, in an insane place. We need is to get a visual yeah. medium on this. Is he sent the is... one where the face is pointing beyond the sky and almost out in front of it's him? It's the orange belt with the orange hat too. It's just <laughs> Come on, Princeton colors, man. Go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> this is a gazelle running across the savannah. <laughs> straight to the straight to the pool room for this one, Lou. What a picture. I'm putting that on the bedside yeah, table for sure. Yeah, I love the way Lou, <laughs> Lou sends his own swing to people. Look at this. Yeah, like, <laughs> Look at, I thought I thought I'd said something wrong in the pot. I'm like, yeah, what did he text me? And I'm and, like, it's a picture of a Lou. Get your and tell them my description. Tell them tell them my description of the picture. Oh, oh, oh yes, you it was very well worded. Perfection. Yeah. Perfection. Exactly. <laughs> That's all he wrote. Exactly. And um Oh, so, boy, we all have different ideas of perfection, yeah, don't we? Some of us. Absolutely. <laughs> so when it comes to good face awareness, the best practice drill for improving your face awareness is to hit somewhere you twist your wrists just massively. So the first parallel, hit some shots where you turn that face way to the ground. Hit some shots where you turn the face way to the sky. So as you take the club back, as the club gets to its first parallel level with the ground, um, just hit some shots where you're really changing that wrist position. So you're trying to hit really bad shots. You're not trying to hit good ones. The most mm. success I've had with changing slices is you get them to snap hook it. As soon as they start snap hooking yeah. it, you can bring them back. If you're only getting them to hit smaller fades than their slice, I would always say to them, when I see you next week, there's a good chance that slice will be back because we weren't able to get you the other side of zero. If you can get them the other side of zero when they come back, they're a bit close to zero. Because guess what? Golfers tend to regress to the mean. That's what they do. They just regress back to where their mean is. So you On on that too, Mark, you've got to be okay with experimenting. And you've got to be okay with just a little little bit of failure too. Like just when you're goofing around, it's okay. It doesn't get right the first time. You know, just... To give it more than three shots, yeah. You know when you're working on like rotating the face over and turn, trying to turn it over and get rid of a big slice. Yeah, give it a little time. Grab a seven iron and hit some big hooks or yeah. a driver if you want to. I don't care, but yeah, yeah be, be okay with check, check uh, experimenting a little bit. And that is a pattern you do see with better players. They're not afraid to experiment, and if it, sometimes they're a bit afraid to experiment if they're really good players. But as they've grown to that position they've grown through their own big experiments they've you know you've got bored when you're a kid and you've practiced massive hooks and massive slices high shots low shots amateurs are, or lesser skilled players generally are a bit scared to play and practice they uh, great points they do need to experiment uh, and the main point for me today from today's pod if you are struggling with a slice just you it's honestly it's so easily fixed if you go and see a good instructor it honestly it really is there's some real simple triggers that can get you reducing that curvature. And guess what happens if you reduce curvature, guys? Guess what happens to your distance? That's further. It goes up. It generally goes up. So you win, and then you win again. So it is... I don't know. Go I on. was watching it. I was watching um, a telecast, and <laughs> one of the <laughs> announcers said that the draws go farther. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I heard. Was that the same one who There's said that he's going to cancel out the left side? Yeah, top There's spin. top spin on the draw. They hit, they hit chips with top spin on the telly. They top spin draws. Anyway, we should do a we should, we should do a telly's best top five telly myths. We should pod. Uh, so oh, on yeah. the on the the notion of of you know trying to to if you're a slicer hit draws. I saw a coach working with somebody, and I thought this was pretty interesting, where. 
uh, somebody was struggling with hitting huge slices, which is a very common problem for amateurs. And this coach was having this person intentionally trying to hit draws, but started off with, you know, hitting driver and carrying it, you know, 60 yards and just simply trying to get this thing to start way left so that they could, they could feel what it was like to have a face that was closed and not completely wide open. And I, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to, I don't want to, I'm not going to name who it was, but I'm, I'm curious what you think about that. And, and I think that that dovetails into your notion of face awareness and, and so many amateurs struggle with face awareness and, and being able to take these half swings or quarter swings, not at high speed um, and being able to just get the ball to come off the club face and go way left instantly, even if it's not slicing, even if it's not drawing, but just coming off left. Yeah. What, I, your I, thoughts? Yeah, I love it. I mean, if I yeah. could get anyone slicing it, we used to have nets both sides of our range, not the widest range in the in the world. And our bay was way on the left side of the um, hitting bay where I did most of my um, coaching of the range. And if I could get in a minute out of the left-hand net so either hitting the net or even out of the range they used to look at me like i'll go oh my god i can't play like that and i'd say no you can't play like that but that shape anything turning to the left we win honestly i get after the fifth Mm. shot of turning it that way you'll start in it up to the right and drawing it back and you'll be loving life so i said i used to say to them it's a bit like um paddles you know like cardiac arrest paddles you say you, anyone who's slicing, you just get them snap hooking. It's like a cardiac arrest. It's like a shock. It like shocks them back into some kind of near a zero point. It's um, it, it yeah. I love that kind love of it. stuff, Lou. I love it. Lou, um, add that to your training ads, mate. You need some cardiac arrest paddles. Yeah. I'm in for every time you I'm hit in. that block right. <laughs> love it. That's it. Be, you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't do that too many times. Did you make that image I sent you? Is that now your background on your on your uh, on your phone? It's my homepage. Yeah. Um, I've got it beside my bed. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's fantastic, mate. It yeah. really is. You're going to travel with that. You won't need to download any movies for the plane ride home. You could just, just watch look at that, that swing over and, and over in between do them Lego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we, Lego talk, boat, we need yeah. to dedicate a podcast to that. Yeah, the top five Lego <laughs> makes. stuff. I want. I want you stuff. to make the Death Star. That one looks like it will take a long <laughs> oh, that time. Took to make. Yeah, <laughs> take me ten years. <laughs> there we go. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you're struggling with your slice, hopefully there's some points in there to help you. And if you are struggling, struggling with your slice, stop. Go and have a lesson. You can fix it. I promise you. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in the next podcast.